Now, the director, Aaron Schneider, I don't know a lot about. He did a f- His last film was Get Low in 2009. So, a long time between drinks for him. He's uh, directed an adaption of a novel by C.S. Forster called The Good Shepherd. C.S. Forster wrote a lot about naval battles, and his most famous are the series of books on the character Horatio Hornblower set in the Napoleonic Wars, but The Good Shepherd was set in World War II. Uh, This is a labour of love by Tom Hanks, who actually wrote the screenplay. And it was due to be released in the cinema this year and kept getting pushed back, and eventually it came out on streaming services very recently. It tells the story of the when America first joined World War II, and Britain was um, basically alone just before that point fighting the Nazis and were reliant on American and Canadian vessels traversing the Atlantic to bring in goods and arms and all sorts to them. And this endeavour ended up costing something like 3,500 vessels sunk, which is incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. I think 70,000 men died traveling the atlantic and the uh, they were pretty much all taken out by u-boats and they used to call them wolf packs so they'd have these flotillas of 30 or 40 large vessels traversing the atlantic and um, carrying all these goods and they'd leave america and have air support where the u-boats couldn't get them for a couple of hours offshore and then they'd have this middle part where there'd be um I think like I think there's about 50 or 60 hours in the middle of the Atlantic where they're too far away from either America or the UK to get air support. So they'd usually have uh, a number of um, military vessels protecting them and they would be hunted by these wolf packs of U-boats. And uh, it sounds like it was hell on earth. No, I mean, the seas themselves were very, very rough and very, very cold. Um, this is this is the story of one such journey. Tom Hanks uh, plays an officer who gets a commission to do his well, it's his first commission as captain of a naval vessel, and he has to lead one of these um, convoys of uh, nearly forty ships, including sort of half a dozen military vessels across the Atlantic in incredibly cold, violent winds and sea. And of course, as soon as they pull out of uh, range of air cover. The, the attacks begin and um, it plays out in that manner as a, as a sort of like a cat and mouse between these U-boats popping up and taking pot shots at the cargo vessels um, and them trying to depth charge them or shoot them using sonar and radar which were all quite new at the time uh, and some, the U-boat captain screaming over the t- over the different radio frequencies. We we're going to hunt you. We are the wolf pack, doing howling noises down the radio at them to try and uh, un- destabilize them and put the fear of God into them. Um, Tom Hanks is um, Tom Hanks. He's uh, he's. Uh, I expect more from him at this stage, to be honest, than to be just Tom Hanks. He's he's one of the great actors of the modern era. But you saw a very different Tom Hanks in his last um, naval journey. Was it The Good Captain, where he played um, someone who was captured by... The vessel was captured by Somali pirates. It was a bit more of a a unique characterisation, whereas this is fairly standard Tom Hanks. Um, It's it's, um, 
that's that's the whole film is them going across the Atlantic and being targeted by a wolf pack and that really is it um everything that's great about this film can also be used to criticize it astonishingly it's 90 minutes long which is on one hand is is very impressive i mean you can't get film directors attempting a serious project that don't believe their serious project is worth two and a half hours these days so 90 minutes is nothing um and i was very surprised by that which is a is is great and at the same time it's also it is a slight film um it's definitely not over long and that's something that i would level at almost any film over two hours two and a half hours is over long um so it's got that in the plus column and the fact that it is slight in, in the other column another thing is when they make these films the biggest ruining point particularly if it's someone as mawkish as steven spielberg directing is there's so much time spent at home with dutiful housewives watching tvs and stuff like that and and their relationships with their girlfriends and wives because the writing is usually bad and you long for the battle sequences to take you out of this and and you want to be in the in the battle you don't want to be i mean the midway film that came out last year you could edit out all of the human interaction and have a masterpiece that would be about 90 minutes long uh, and, and the stuff that happens on the ground is shockingly awful um so it's a plus and a minus because you you don't get any of the relationships on land once it starts at sea you get 10 minutes at the start with elizabeth shoe good to see her back in town elizabeth shoe is his girlfriend or his want-to-be wife and they don't seem to have any chemistry together at all. Zero. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm just leaning around to turn the air conditioning off. Um, they just don't have any chemistry at all. But she's in it for minutes. And that is it. That's the only time you see anyone on shore. Um, so that's a blessing and a curse because you don't really get any characters. In fact, that's a bit disingenuous because they could have made characters on the boats. And you don't really get those either. So no one on the none of the characters are that developed, and the the progress of the mental state of Tom Hanks is well handled, but obvious. You pretty much know what he's going to go through, um, and it's, it, it is done well because at, by the end he's walking around and there are blood footprints on the floor. Because once this sort of sixty-hour process of being attacked by these boats go, he basically stands up at in the bridge for the entire movie. And for the entire story and in the end he has to wear slippers and there is, is just blood footprints where he's just worn himself out and he's not eaten anything and he's existed on coffee you do kind of expect that's going to happen a bit um the only other character in it is stephen graham i'm i'm really liking the fact the british actor stephen graham is doing so well um he became known for the the movie snatch he was jason statham's lovable offsider in the movie snatch and has gone on to become a go-to guy in hollywood um he was a he's actually a brilliant actor and if you've ever seen this is england he plays one of the group of guys that are all mates but he turns to the national front and fascism and becomes this brutal guy brutal skinhead um and he was fantastic in that and the follow-up uh, i think it was this is england 86 where he kind of redeemed himself 
And since then, he's, I mean, last year he had a major role in Martin Scorsese, The Irishman. He keeps playing these very heavily accented Americans. But other than him and Tom Hanks, I couldn't name a single person in this movie. And I don't think that was necessary. I think they could have written more. Um, it wouldn't have been hard. It plays out like the movie Das Boot. The entire film is seen from the bridge of one vessel. That's where everything happens. You don't really see any other part of any ship, only fleeting glances. And that is also a plus and a minus. I think uh, another plus and a minus is how realistic it is. The battle, uh, the naval battle itself is hugely realistic, but that also means that the vessels are miles apart and you can't really see anything and it's it's hard mentally to get the scope of what's going on in your head it's all very confusing deliberately because that was part of the story was how confusing those battles were and you see a boat explode in the distance and another one go and rescue it but you see everything from a distance and through uh churning seas so it's very difficult to keep track of what's going on which on the one hand is hugely realistic and I really like the grittiness of that aspect of it. But on the other hand, it makes it difficult to sort of have any cogent whole of what's going on because the boats are often eight miles apart and spread over a vast distance and there's 37 of them or something. So it makes it difficult because you've got this one... Inv- someone I saw a review saying it was very much like a submarine movie, and it is, even though there are U-boats in it, it, it. The boat, because they're on the bridge all the time and it's very claustrophobic and you're listening to sonar, it is very much like being in a submarine. It looks fantastic, though. It's obviously CGI. It's only got a $50 million budget, and there is no way they could have filmed all of this live because it looks. it does look like... It looks realistic to me. The seas are incredible and they were far too dangerous for them to be out there filming in them like this. And the encounters with the U-boats are thrilling and it's constant tension and it's constantly, you know, on edge all the way through the film. Um, it is shy of greatness though because it's so slight and it's 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 it doesn't really offer a wide array of emotion or character or writing or environment and the limited environment is again a plus and a minus it's it's almost like the movie alien you don't really get out which increases the claustrophobia but it makes it very slight because you it it is filmed on the bridge i would say 90 percent of the movie is from the bridge um there is some grandiose um explosions and um some the best bits are when they were actually fighting the u-boats on the surface and they've got guns going off at them because otherwise it's it's oblique you can't really see what's going on the first encounter they have with a u-boat where they end up destroying it you sort of hear pips and beeps and they're firing off depth charges which you can only see from the surface you get their view of what's going on which is a plus and a minus because it's very realistic and it it's adds to the atmosphere. But cinematically, all you see are the explosions on the surface of the water and then some debris on the surface of the water. You don't get much else. Um, whether that was a budgetary thing or whether that was by design, uh, I noticed in the blurb about the novel, it was a lot about the confusion of these naval battles and the difficulty in wielding this brand new technology like sonar and radar. So... It's, there's a lot of pros and cons to this film. I think overall, though, I have to say everything is done well. 
but a lack of characters is a bit of a problem. Um, I didn't really have any problem with the warfare itself. Um, it was very interesting, but it is slight and it's it's it feels a kind it's slightly inconsequential overall. So I would certainly recommend it watching it for a once through. It's a much classier film than Midway, but Midway had a thrilling dramatic story. Uh, even though all of the um, talking on the ground was awful um, and it was silly, um, it was very much more dynamic film. That said, um, the raging Atlantic, the freezing cold raging Atlantic, and the very much of the dialogue is literal dialogue about turning ships and all of that kind of thing, is is kind of refreshing. It is Spielberg free. There's no sort of um, sentimentality to what's going on which is refreshing but it could have offered more I feel and maybe they would have got away with all of the other elements if they had created fleshed out characters that could have inhabited this small space like they did in Das Boot they only have this small space um, but when they've created full characters you get sort of different perspectives on what's going on whereas we get a kind of bog standard Tom Hanks doing the normal Tom Hanks thing which he is far better he's he's capable of far more as an actor so i've got lots of i haven't really got any like massive negativity towards this film i just wish it was a bit more so i'm going to give the greyhound a definite watch i'm going to give it a seven out of ten um because it it needed to offer a little bit more i think it's certainly a lot classier than midway but then midway offered a hell of a lot more in other areas so seven out of ten for Greyhound. You're with Julian on the Brown Note featuring the 1999 album. I'm doing albums at the moment that I think.